Yo, wow, this week on two Dynamite Dudes, but it's one, because it's just me, I fly solo this week, as I talk AEW Rampage, which included Tony Nese versus Sammy Guevara, I also talk Brian Danielson taking on Alan Angels, I talk CM Punk versus Lee Moriarty, and then I talk Ruby Soho versus Chris Statlander, including Cody Rhodes being set on fire, and why it's beneficial for all parties, and I also make a case for a cruiserweight division, and a finally, a Cody heel turn. All that, and a little bit more, on a truncated episode of Two Two Who? Two Dynamite Dudes. But one on a rampage. Special Monday episode of two, two, but today, yep, just one dynamite dude on a rampage. Yes, Marcus is unfortunately on assignment. Probably not a best day to pick a Monday for him, so it's kind of on me a little bit. Um, but he's a coward. Let's get that clear, very clear. So, yes, just me today, and you can see I'm in a different area than usual, and there's a reason for that. I am a little under the weather, so um, I'm wearing a sweater. I have the heat up very much so, and um, my back really hurts. So I've been moving trees at my shoot job, which is Whole Foods, putting trees, Christmas trees on cars, and uh, it's kind of wrecked me a little bit. So I'm, I'm on the up and up, hopefully, hopefully. But I wanted to be here for you guys because, hey, I said I was going to be here, and dang it, I'm going to be here. This might just be a little bit of a shorter episode, and maybe you can guys help run the shit for me today. I have a few topics I would like to talk about, but it would be great to get your guys' opinion. What's up, Nesha? How are you? Steven, good to see you too. I meant to tell you about the Monday episode. I'm glad you caught it. Um, but yes, uh, quite a, I would say, a good week of AEW. Nothing too like pizzazzy or like, whoa, something to write home about. But from match quality standpoint, I would say it's uh, it was a very, very good week. Um, you had matches like uh, Brian Danielson, uh, versus Alan Angels. You had uh, Ruby Soho versus Chris Statlander, which I thought was a very underrated match. You also had CM Punk going up against Pittsburgh's very own Lee Moriarty. So that was cool, too. Uh, you know, I was very excited for that one. Um, and I think they both very much did a good job. We can touch upon those in a little bit. Um, and then, yeah, on Rampage, you had Sammy Guevara opening the show, defending his TNT championship against the all-athlete, or what is it? The complete athlete? Well, he went up. Sammy Guevara went up against Tony Nese. And it was dang good. Dang good. Um, I'll start with that. And then we'll transition into uh, the Cody moment at the end of the show. Um, yes. <laughs> Nesha, I'm with you. Let's fire him. Let's fire him. Yes. I wanted to uh, initially, too. I got back. I was yesterday. I was like, oh, man, I'm feeling under the weather. But now I feel worse today. And I was like, hey, Marcus, how about we do a Monday show? And he was like, what time? And I was like, 8.30. He's like, all right, I might be a little late for it. I was like, no problem. But then he was just like, yeah, sorry, man, I can't make it. So, yeah, yeah, he might get the pink slip. 
just kidding. But uh, yes, Sammy Guevara versus Tony Nese. I just watched it and um, I really liked it. Uh, Tony Nese, I think um, you got to see him obviously on 205 Live and, um, you know, sometimes a little bit here and there on other programs. And I think he was on NXT for a little bit too. Um, but yeah, I mean, WWE released him and then he's been uh, riding the free agent market and AEW was quick to get on the horn with him and, and pick him up when he became a free agent. And um, he sat in the crowd. So they've been hyping his uh, debut for quite a while. And obviously he had debuted on uh, AEW Dark and Elevation and things like that before. But this was his big primetime match for starters. And uh, he delivered. I would say um, <laughs> I saw Tony Nese. Oh, I want to say seven years ago in Philadelphia at the ECW arena, which is now the 2300 arena. And um, it was at a Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore show. And I can't remember who he faced, but I remember Tony Nese being very, very crisp. It was really good to see. And yeah, he did it. Him and Sammy complimented one another well. Uh, the action obviously was fast paced. Sammy is just picture perfect with his move delivery and execution and how he even sells things too or makes moments that are intentionally like awkward like for example when he went to springboard off the ropes he was able to show like unbalanced and it allowed tony niece to knock him off the ropes and outside of the ring i thought it was really well done um yeah nesha i love tony niece too yeah it was a smart choice to sign him you know um you know, and it was this was a fast-paced match. I think maybe the only exception I would take with the the finish is that Tony Nese like boom laid into Sammy hardcore in the corner, in the corner, and um like I was like, dude, that is devastating. That's a devastating shot. And then Sammy Guevara gets right back up and boots him, and then hits his go to hell finisher and gets the win. I mean, it was a very smooth transition and well done. But uh, yeah, I kind of like, uh, I would like to see those moves get sold a lot. But I overall, I really, really like this match. Um, I will say, uh, I think Tony Nice and uh, guys like him, I'd really think it would behoove AEW to consider like an AEW Cruiserweight title that has a one pinfall, one pinfall count. Because uh, Marcus, I always, Marcus always champions that. And at first I was like, nah, you don't want too many titles. But yeah, he kind of convinced me. And um, I think it would just be a good way to showcase a lot of these talents. And people love the cruiserweight division. Tony Nese and Aria Davari were the uh, bar and the standard and the people to go to for 205 Live. And they didn't get an opportunity to showcase their skills as much on the mainstream product as it were. And so I think it would not only be a double whammy by introducing a new title, a cruiserweight title that people associate with WCW and, and talents from Chris Jericho to Dean Malenko to, to psychosis to uh, the list can go on and on. Eddie Guerrero, Chavo Guerrero, uh, La Parca. Um, yeah. And uh, oh, Ultimo Dragon. Um, so you have those names and to bring that into AEW and be like, Hey, this is a new title you have to watch out for. And it can be, it'll be defended. And um, you can make the stakes high for that too. You can make it real high. So you'd have what? You'd only have three singles titles. And that's not bad with the amount of people they have on the roster currently. And a lot of people can embrace that uh, title. And then you can even make a note that they have to apply for the cruiserweight division. Be like, hey, listen, I'm going to uh, forego any uh, opportunities for maybe the world title, just the world title, and be like, listen, I am gunning for the cruiserweight title. I, I want to make that and I want to define it. That would also make it seem more important. 
And then uh, you make a note of that. It's obviously a sports-like feel because uh, weight classes and everything like that. I think uh, that would be very well done. And they wouldn't do something stupid like NXT did with Joe Gacy, where he's like, oh, it's weight shaming, blah, blah, blah. And then just bad. <laughs> so, yes, Tony Nese, Sammy Guevara, very, very good match. Um, excited to see. Sammy's been on quite the run. And I'm excited to see what Tony Nese can produce further for the show. Um, let's see here. Like to see them fight again? Yes. <laughs> Wait, what is this? Why you like going live with other shows on, my friend? I don't know. It's like, this is like seriously the only time Marcus can do shows because he's working basically all day. I'm working in the mornings. So he could maybe do a morning here and there. So it's just the way our schedules line up. And uh, Sundays, unfortunately, have been days where we do it. I do want to get back to doing Saturdays more often because, I mean, that's less of showtimes on there. But, uh, yes, <laughs> I agree with Nesha. I think uh, that would be great to do, uh, obviously. So, all right. What I want to talk about next is, did I not write one for this? I don't think I wrote a banner for this one, but let's see if I can create one real quick. What I want to talk about is the main event of AEW Dynamite where Cody got himself lit on fire. And you know what? People, uh, I don't know how many people criticize this match, um, but I will say, like, I don't think it's worth too much criticism because um, it was different. Like Cody says, there's different flavors of ice cream, and that was different than what we saw throughout the whole evening, was it not? You don't see tables getting set on fire too often. I think literally the last one I saw was MLW uh, when they were in Tijuana in March 2020, right before the pandemic. And uh, it, it ended up being like, yeah, they set a table on fire. And uh, I think it was Mance Warner and someone else got put through it. A luchador got put through it. And uh, Mance had to help this uh, the, the luchador out in putting the fire out you know, on himself. And you kind of saw that too with Andrade. Um, give me your thoughts on the match, what you think of that. And also... Um, I will say, uh, yes, I think, um, you know, Cody likes doing this stuff. And I think it's good to see because, you know, Cody is getting booed, you know? I mean, that's evident. But um, in whatever direction he's going to go in, it's an interesting storyline because some people think it's a work. Some people think it's a shoot where he's just uh, naive. I think it's more of the former than anything else because Cody's smart and knows the business. So he knows that this is not... <laughs> This could be his long-term plan from when AEW first started. Was be like, okay, people are gonna want to cheer me starting off because I am the like primary face of AEW at the moment that they are familiar with. And so, hey, let's put me in a match where I put my title stakes up on the line and I'll never defend it. I'll never go after it again if I lose. And there I lose. So what's a bigger heel move than going back on your word? I think we're going to be in store for that at some point. Uh, I really do. And so uh, I don't think there's anything long, wrong with this ride he's carrying us on. And um, I like Cody Rhodes. So like, you know, you and you have that fan base. Nesha is one of them where she likes Cody Rhodes, you know. So um, there's there's that aspect to think about. Wow, my hat's sweet. See, I'm getting like, I have chills. And then I also, I, I get kind of warm. So I don't know. Anywho. Yes, I think it's a good good stuff to do. Yeah, Stephen Chambers, ECW, ECW, very good stuff. Yeah, Miro, Sammy rematch, I think we should be in store for that, Stephen. Uh, definitely for so. Um, War Games was good. 
uh, I can't speak on that. I was uh, not watching it. Uh, Sunday is my football Sunday, but I will make exceptions when I have to record this show. Um, and heck, I'm missing a, the big headline game of the week tonight with Monday Night Football. It's the Patriots and Bills. Dang it. <laughs> I'll tune in. But um, yeah, so uh, I, yeah, I really don't think this is a big issue. And I think it's a very entertaining product because I will say maybe AEW um, ardent fans, majority of them might boo Cody, but I bet you a lot of the mainstream fans or, or casual fans, if you will, uh, cheer Cody and like Cody because they know who he is. So you see him on there. Um, and then, but he does healer stuff, does he not? I think he's up, he's up to something. He's a, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Um, I grew up watching his dad and brother, only natural to love Cody, right? I mean, it's a Rhodes. I'm not, that's family lineage right there. And nothing is cooler in wrestling than family lineage. You have the Von Erics, you have the Funks, you have the Guerreros. And I can go very much on and on. So, uh, yes, it's a very neat aspect to see. So, and now we have the Andersons too. And the Rosas. Did you see this? Mission Pro, I have an interview. So a cheap plug. I have an interview with Emily Heller of Mission Pro Wrestling, uh, Thunder Rosa's promotion, where uh, Thunder Rosa will be tagging with her son, Anakin Rosa, in a mixed tag team match in their first ever tag match, in Anakin's first ever match. Um, if you can think of a mom-son tandem that have tagged together, let me know because I don't think I know one. I couldn't think of one when I was doing the interview. Um, but yeah, um, so be on the lookout for that. That's releasing tomorrow. I have another big announcement that's releasing tomorrow. You will already know if you are on Twitter, but let's continue on. I try to stay busy. Uh, my plate's pretty full. So when I'm sick, I feel, uh, upset that I'm not able to get as much work done, uh, because I want to do this stuff. And when I'm under the weather and you know, I'm not on point. I'm not on my on my game. So it's just like you have to either make the sacrifice, Michael Jordan it up, or, you know, get some R&R and just uh, know that you'll be back in the mix. So, but thank you, Nisha. Um, all right, what else we got here? So speaking of, yeah. Okay, so what I wanted to cover too was the opener of Dynamite was Brian Danielson versus Alan Angels. Danielson, I... Love Danielson as a baby face. I do not want him to be a heel for long term. I really, really do not. But there is no denying that he's very, very good at being a heel. I mean, so is Becky Lynch. But I think that's more of an egregious mistake on WWE. And I think Becky wanted to do it too. Like, uh, I don't think this is more as as a, a bad. I don't think this is a bad move. I I think it could go either way, honestly, with Brian Danielson here. Because, um, you know, they were introduced to him. Fans were introduced to him. They like him. But we've seen Brian Danielson be a heel plenty of times in WWE. Plenty of times. Even on his hottest run, he started off as a heel, right? That's what made him so uh, likable at the end. But this match here, he was great. He was ruthless. So ruthless. Would not pin Allen Angels for the longest time. And then ended up, you know, beating him. And so uh, then uh, he and uh, Hangman Page had a confrontation afterwards where um, they were talking about uh, hyping their match for Winners Coming, which was announced that day on December 15th. Um, I will just be getting back from Las Vegas. Then, so uh, that'll be a nice treat at home. How about that? Um, but yes, uh, that was a great opener to a match on a card that had really, really good matches, I feel, all across the board and own different styles. So uh, that brings me to 
CM Punk versus Lee Moriarty. Let me before that. Let me see if you guys have any questions. Uh, oh, Judy and Marcus Bagwell. That is an interesting one because Judy was not a wrestler, and Buff was. But this is the inverse of it. So like, uh, Anakin is training to become a wrestler. Well, Thunder Rosa is a wrestler. Boy, that's a that's a good. Good one, Nesha. Man, I'm glad. Geez, you are like the uh, oracle of this show. <laughs> I like it. Thank you. Um, let's see here. Uh, let's see what this is. Oh, wow. First money. I'm sorry, my contacts. Oh, first mom, son. Yeah. Sorry, my contacts. I literally have one contact in it. And it's very, very blurry. I need to get a new pair <laughs> right now. <laughs> I literally put in the contact for you guys today. And so I didn't, my glasses wouldn't glare up here um all right let's continue on uh yes i will talk next about uh cm punk versus lee Moriarty here and um yeah i was excited for this match and i think this match delivered on a lot of things cm punk gives gave lee Moriarty plenty of uh opportunity to showcase himself but also didn't like um didn't necessarily like make himself define him down define himself down and you know honestly people will say that like hey he's wrestled how long in a match and that i really honestly truly believe that's not a big deal at all in the grand scheme of things i mean flair wrestled i think plenty of uh enhancement talent and lee more he's not even an enhancement talent but flair wrestled plenty of enhancement talent too along for a long time and there was other established stars that would wrestle uh, guys on the independent scene for a long time uh yeah i don't think it's an issue uh and this was a great match like it was really good and um it finished uh and then uh mjf came out and cut a very interesting promo where he again walks the edge as he does and in, in a very unique way because who has cm punk referenced a lot since his return to wrestling in his very first promo he mentioned Britt baker uh two one week ago he mentioned Britt baker he's mentioned Britt baker several times in this feud with mjf so what does mjf do he brings up Britt Baker, break Britt Baker, <laughs> and says, "You just want to get in Britt Baker's pants, and you're one pump punk." Wow, I can't believe I said that right the first time. And uh, you know, it adds stakes again because you know <laughs> it's good stuff. It's you know, it's stuff you don't normally see. It's like, yeah, and MJF is very good at. It. I said this last week, so this is a lot of repeat stuff. But heck, you can't beat it. You really can't um let's see if you guys have any comments man these contacts stink um hey kevin how are you thanks for joining uh good to see you again and uh thanks for for checking in with us bye to you too um let's see steven says looks like punk versus wardlow yes they had a punk wardlow had a squash match on there so um yeah i think that's going to be a good start um wardlow has that badass finisher in the corner uh I want to say it's like the art of war or the chaos of war or something like that, but just the knee to the face, the drop down knee to the face. Oh my gosh. Yikes. Yikes. Oh man. Yeah. So that'll be a good, uh, that'll be a good start to it. And heck, you're building war builds resume. You get some name stars like, like he has face like Cody Rhodes and um, now CM Punk. So uh, yeah, I think it's beneficial overall for that. So uh, very much agree with you, Steven. Oh, uh, let's see. All right. So I think that's basically it for this week. Sorry, it's very truncated. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. It is. I'm very much under the weather. Uh, if there, but please let me know if there's any topics you want me to cover here, and I will get uh, onto it uh, before I leave. I'll wait for a few questions if you have any, and I'll be happy to address them. Um, in the meantime, let me just say, yes, check out my interview with Emily Heller that I just plugged with Mission Pro. That'll drop tomorrow. Drop today was an exclusive interview with Jonathan Gresham and the Emperor Baron Black, who you've seen a lot on AEW uh, Dark, Elevation, and I believe Dynamite as well when the pandemic struck. So, um, But they started a promotion called Terminus, based out of Atlanta. And um, it's very cool. They have some big names already coming in there, uh, from Bandito to uh, Jay Lethal to, um, I'm just coming up with the top of my head, Daniel Garcia, uh, JDX, who has uh, just an awesome, badass name. Uh, very simple, very pro wrestling. Um, and uh, plenty, plenty more that are on the card, too. That uh, Janai Kai, too, who faced um, uh, Jade Cargill this week. Uh, she's on the card as well. Um, and there's plenty of time to hype it. Moose as well is on the card too, uh, from impact wrestling. So they have a, a very good mix of talent. I don't want to spoil too much of the interview for you. Uh, they talk about their intention with the, the tagline modern age grapple and they go into detail. So that'll make a lot of sense when you listen to the interview and see the talents that they're accruing here. And, um, they also, uh, discuss the origins of the name terminus, which is very interesting. Did it stem from the walking dead? I don't know. You got to listen to find out. Okay. Let's see if uh, you got any questions. Oh, Anthony Gogo wants to challenge Jake Paul. I would like that. Heck yeah. I would like him to knock Jake Paul F out. F out. You know what? It's great you brought that up, Stephen, because heck, who got a whole bunch of cheers? When did this all start with Cody? Is like he started getting booed really greatly against a Gogo. So you have a Gogo return from his surgery. Um, and, uh, Feud with a baby face, a go-go feud with Cody. I think that's great stuff. I think that's real great stuff. And what a great start. You're building a new star. You're establishing Cody very much so as a heel. And you're getting him on the road to where he uh, negs on the title uh, promise that he made. So, uh, or reneges on the on the title that the promise that he made. So I think it's uh, very cool that they're doing that. So, um, all right. Now. I have a new show on WrestleZone.com, and I'm very excited about it. It is called The Hot Tag. And if you're familiar with ESPN's Around the Horn, that is what the show is basically, is what it is. So I, no joke, the reason I got into writing journalism, uh, everything like that in college, was because of Around the Horn. I wanted to be a sports writer, and I wanted to cover sports and do stuff like this. So uh, what's very funny, and this is the first story, uh, this is the first time telling it to a live audience, but uh, my freshman year at college, Clarion University, alma mater of Kurt Angle, Clarion University, my first year there uh, in my journalism class, one of them, um, the assignment was to interview someone in the profession. So who did, what did I do? I looked up the Denver Post and I got a hold of Woody Page's contact information. I believe I sent him an email. And I gave him my information. I was like, this is, okay, this is uh, 17. Oh, my God. What is it? Oh, am I going to be upset to think of the, how old I am right now? 2003. 2003 is, oh, no. Oh, no. 19 years ago? No, that can't be right, is it? 
In mid 19 years? No. I hope not. I really hope not. No, it isn't. Yeah, it is. Dang it. It is. It's 19 years ago. 19 years ago, uh, I left this email and I was in the dorms, freshman guy in the dorms. I looked very different. Long hair, braces, everything like that. I'm setting up this whole story. Um, uh, Steven, real quick, the, the hot tag is taped. It's taped. So these can be a little bit more evergreen topics that we'll cover. Um, maybe at some point we'll do a live one. I wanted to start these off as taped because I knew it was going to take a lot of editing and, and fixing up uh, the first episode and stuff like that. So I didn't want to put myself under the pressure of getting it done. Uh, right away and everything like that. I still had to create everything for it. So maybe at some point. Anywho, I'm in the dorm rooms. I'm on the bottom bunk. I get a phone call. I'm passed out after class, uh, taking a nap uh, on the landline, mind you. And um, I get a phone call and it's ringing. I have to run over to my door where the, the phone is and grab the phone. I drop the phone. It falls through the laundry bar on the door. And I literally took the phone call, laying down on the floor in my underwear, talking with Woody Page on the phone. And uh, Woody Page is, was one of the stalwarts of Around the Horn for such a long time. And so I was just, yeah, that's how, that was my first, yeah, that was my first interview ever. Wow, how about that? I just, that just dawned on me, basically. So, yeah, there it was. Um, and now here we are with Hot Tag. It'll drop tomorrow. So be on the lookout at WrestlerZone.com. For the hot tag, I'm hoping it's literally going to be the hottest new show. Well, not hottest, literally, because that would mean it would be like temperature-wise and maybe potentially on fire like Cody. So I want it to be the hottest show going right now. We'll see because I'm getting personalities. We have on the first episode, John Alba from Allied Free Shows. We have Kate Hensler of Fightful, who was a guest on this show. She saw, she Wally pipped Marcus on Two Dynamite Dudes. Uh, we also have Mercenary himself and... Also, well, he is also part of Wrestle Zone, Robert D. Felice. And then finally, we have Connor Casey of comicbook.com. All four of those guys and gals were great. Uh, they did an awesome job. I couldn't be happier with the first episode. So be on the lookout for that. Now, I will say we might have to wait till next, uh, a week after the next, to get episode two because, like I said, I'm going to Vegas and uh, it might be a little tough for me to do uh, uh, the second episode while I'm there. So, but. Tell me what you think. Hit me up on Twitter at Dominic D'Angelo. Um, <laughs> oh, you need me on there to be hot. <laughs> That's probably a good point. Uh, yes. Um, but uh, we, uh, yes, you can hit me up on Twitter at Dominic D'Angelo. You can hit WrestleZone on Twitter at WrestleZone.com. You can follow the hot tag if you'd like on Twitter at the hot tag show. I, I made a Twitter account for that. And uh, follow my degenerate brother who uh, is not here. At Marcus P. D'Angelo. And also, hey, check out adfreeshows.com. That's why he's not here, and he's doing a great job. So, And they have great content there. So check that out. Hey, guys, I want to thank you. You know I know your Twitter. I know. This is for everybody else, Nesha. Um, but I want to thank you guys for uh, weathering the storm here with me and uh, hopefully being understanding that I'm just under the weather and I'm not feeling good. But, uh, yeah. Because I would do it in my office, but it's cold in my office. I don't need to be any more colder than I already am. So I thank you guys. And yo, maybe in some form or fashion, I'll see you next week too. So keep tuned on two, two who? Oh, two dynamite dudes on the rampage. See you guys. Thank you. Everybody says you're so mad.